2: And welcome to the Thursday, November 19th edition of the Lori and Julia show. And we got some good news today. Julia is back in studio, which means you got a good result in the mail. Or I did, no, in the email.
1: I did in the email. Both Lori and I are um, negative for Yay. COVID. Yeah, so that was good. I got it right at the end of our show last night. So that's good. Hi, Laura. Hello, I'm very glad that we're done. You know, we set a
3: record yesterday. A hundred and seventy thousand Americans tested positive. Wow! Yeah, so I,
1: I feel relieved. How were the ho- How was the holiday light show? Okay, so this happened last night. Um, Glow had um, their like soft opening last night, which is the name of the light show at the state fair. And it's a drive through light show um, that you go through. It was fun. It was nice. you get there. And um, the you're greeted by Santa and then you kind of follow a pace car through the State Fair. You go through a mile loop. It was it was so weird because you start out in the midway and it doesn't have any rides. And you see the French fry booth. And I'm just like, this is where all the rides are, you know, because we didn't have our fair this year. So it was very, very weird, but really nice to be back in the state fairgrounds. The lights are pretty cool. Um, They've got a couple places where like a bunch of cars stop in the same spot and they have um, music and lighting coordinated. And they do have a Prince thing, Rocco. Yes. Yes.
2: I'm excited. I'm going I, next Wednesday I, Prince Night.
1: I know they have Prince Night, but there is a separate so there's like these separate stopping stations. It's it was really cool. It's $49 per car, $46 per vehicle. You can stuff as many people in as you want that you feel safe with. And then at the end what I thought was really cool is you can go shopping. They've got um photo opportunity places. Get out of your car, you wear your mask, but they have food trucks. So they had state fair food, so Prono Puffs, um, cheese curds, pizza, salted nut rolls, coffee, um, things like that. So I, I, and that's I liked all
2: it. you do that from, from your car, kind of? No, like the, oh, at no, the end, you get, you get out. out, okay,
1: and it was you know warm last night, right. And um, everyone wears their masks, and you just go and do it. It was, it was lovely. I think it would be way prettier if we had snow. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I've never been to Bentleyville or anything else. And I, I thought you know, it, it was a good, it was a good time. It's you go. It's pretty quick. It's like thirty minutes. Yeah, maybe. Fine. But I have to tell you. Okay, so here is, um, we got this in the mail, Lori. A nice little thank you note on really cute stationery, and the card. The cover of the card is books. It's a book card. And it says, Lori and Julia, and I'm going to include Rocco, because you're part of it. After years of calling in to win a book, I finally got through. (laughs) And Little Cruelties, which is just a sick, twisted, great book. And she said, was both disturbing and addictive. Couldn't put it down. Thank you, Connie. So this is from Connie. So Connie, thank you for your no, but you know. It's funny how many years we've been giving out books and can you imagine calling in, calling in, calling in and trying to win? And so she finally won. So I thought that was really sweet.
3: That's good. Now are we doing our hundred dollar uh name at four twenty and five twenty again today?
1: Yes, we are. Rocco, okay. will you tell everybody about what we're doing? Sure. I still think people don't can sign up. I mean, people you can sign up anytime.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna click on our website right now and just look at it. Yeah. Just from, you know. The perspective of somebody who might want to do this. So here's the deal. We, we decided yeah, we, have found, we found $10,000 in a closet or something. Uh, right. It
1: was in our bottom drawer.
2: <laughs> and we're like, you know what? Let's give that away to people. We've asked people for a lot of things you know, all year long. There was all that unrest in, what was it, June? And yes. then there was a mm-hmm. project down in Dirty. And, of course, my talkers kicked butt and gave us a ton of money and gave us help when we needed it. So we're like, you know what? Let's give away this $10,000. So you can live for free for the rest of the year. So you go to the website. You click on the picture of the $10,000 giveaway. You register and you talk about what times you want to listen. And then you listen for your name at 420. Well, on our show, it's at 420 and 520. There's also 728, 20, 20, 10, 20 20 during the day. You hear your name. You call in within 10 minutes. We give you a hundred bucks. And then when we're done with this contest, which I think is maybe another week or so, I don't quote me. um, We'll throw all those names in a hat. And draw a winner for ten thousand bucks.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah. So on this show this week, we've maybe had three people calling, three or four. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, really, really a cool opportunity. If you haven't signed up, please do it. Okay, I have to tell people something, Lori. What Go What's ahead. going on with you? It's so weird not seeing you here. Oh, I know it. <laughs> I, you know. I'm in soft pants again today. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm dressing
3: like everybody else at home. It's like I understand now. What is the point? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. I yeah. Am, no I kidding. I even wore
2: soft pants today. I wanted to get in the. You know. I wanted to be like you guys.
1: You wanted to be like. Thanks, yeah. Rocco. Okay. So I had. So um, there was this term that came out. I don't know. I had it for random thoughts. Probably about two weeks ago, and it's how to. Soft launch your relationship. And um, I don't think, did I ever talk about it, you guys? No. I don't think we ever talked about it. So last night I tried doing a soft launch on Instagram, Laura. Yes. Did you see our Instagram? No. All right. At Laura and Julia. Well, I posted a picture of my boyfriend, Paul, and his daughter, Olivia, and I, who went to Glow last night. And so it was the soft launch. And um, people are, one of the things, um, some of the comments were, look at our dating toddler out there. Play on player. And someone said, so cute, fun. You guys are so cute. What? When did you get a boyfriend, Julia? Congrats. Good for you. Nice choice. You're giving, and here's a good one. You're giving the rest of a single gal some hope. By the way, you're bad at lying. Your voice goes up when you talk about, um, the guy you like.
0: No oh, wonder God, you. Love it.
1: No wonder you sound so happy on the air th- these days. Happy for you, Julia. I had no idea. Wow, well, lucky you, so sweet. Um, what a fun night. Happy, um, fun. Blah, blah 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 blah. But anyway, um, I just thought. So there's my soft lunch.
2: I'm looking it's at it your now.
1: Insta official. I.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a thing, right? How does Insta it feel? Official. I'm sweating
1: right means. now talking about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is kind of the first.
1: This is the first time social I've said anything. Right.
2: Official thing you've ever done. I right. like
1: it. So, anyway, so there you go. He seems very
2: handsome and oh, you look very happy. He's
1: so wonderful. He's so wonderful. All right, now we can move on because now I'm thoroughly embarrassed. Are you? It, Don't be embarrassed. Oh. No, I'm looking at the picture. It's really cute. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's so pretty. The. Uh, the picture and then what I don't know if you guys are standing by an it must be an elf. It is a, f- a funny looking elf with the biggest nose you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and you know, you can pull down your mask to take your selfies, but um yeah, it was it was a nice night, but I um I wanted to post it yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. So there we go. So um <laughs> somebody else <laughs> Insta official. And oh, we're proud of Will you. you- I feel so like I'm in eighth grade right now. Oh, well, gosh. Julia,
3: you, let's face it. You have kissed a lot of toads in your dating toddler years.
2: <laughs> now, And I've he...
3: been with you for all of them. I know. And never Seven... gave any of them names. No, I just, didn't. We I... just had monikers like for them.
1: We really did have monikers where I go for everybody. Right. Okay. And, and then I said, you know, Paul's name to Lori. She's like, he's a name. You <laughs> must really <laughs> like him. Anyway. Right.
2: It's like on Seinfeld when they, she had a, veg, she called the guy vegetable lasagna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So is he is he a social media guy or is no. are you a? Okay, I was gonna say no, not at all. Is he reciprocated in the social media? No officialness <laughs> you know. of it.
1: No, nobody sent. I'm him.
2: dating Radio's Lo- Julia. No. Exciting.
1: no, 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 okay. no. I no, I don't think he he had ever heard of our show before <laughs> okay. we met. That's cool. Well, that's yeah. kind of perfect. I I would say. I would say there were a few
3: that did know who you were. Yes, you're right, Lori.
1: Yeah. And everyone, of course, wanted to date me for my fame and fortune. Right. <laughs> I can't remember if it was Hans or Mr. Dirt or um, Mr. Geographically Undesirable. There's been many. Okay, we don't have to mention them all. <laughs> Okay, sorry. We don't have Definitely to say grief. everything. Okay, there's been two. No, <laughs> anyway, I have you know, and it was a long-standing thing here. Um, Rocco is that Lori's like Julia, you're such a dating toddler, and going through the process. So everyone who's been hanging out with us, says, thank you for your nice notes. And um, yeah, I'm super crazy for him. Oh, good. I know now. You I'm, guys look cute. Just searching redder and redder. Look at the time. Look at the okay, time. Okay, look at the time. Oh, my gosh. It's time to come back. We've got stories we can't get enough of. When we come back, you're listening to Lori and Julia on my Talk 107.1. live hey gang. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. I think it's the 20th. Is it? It No, it is. isn't. Am yes, I off? Is. I'm mm-hmm. off. Is it? I'm looking no, at it. the 19th. Yeah, oh, okay. it's the 19th. It's Give to the Max Day. It is. It's Give to the Max Day, and there's so many, you know, because of COVID, so many... um Nonprofits who rely on, you know, galas and big events to raise money and all of our local actors and our theaters and our venues and our musicians. Um, if you have it, um, it's really easy to find a good um, place to give to today.
2: Yeah, it's dot. Org. I think you can also give. Uh, go to keyword give on our website. Yes. And one of the reasons to do it today is because there's so many matching you're donations. Right. You're right. So sometimes if you give a dollar to something, you're really giving two mm-hmm. because, you know...
1: Everybody's matched. yes. General
2: Mills is giving a dollar. You know,
1: exactly. Something like thanks, that. Thanks, Racco, so, yeah. for saying that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Laura, what do we got? Okay, so um, I finished the crown.
0: Mm-hmm. Casey
3: and I finished it last night. And? and it was thanks to Princess Diana. The crown is better than ever because... I thought season three was slow because there was no emotional continuity. Each episode was sort of a standalone where in the first two episodes, you know, you kind of, um, you know, you got an emotional connection and we're back to that with season four. But, I mean, I think this season roared back with the arrival of Princess Diana, much as Diana re-energized the royal family when she married Prince Charles in 1981. These are the Thatcher years when Britain is faced with economic hardship, a war in the Falklands, and then this tumultuous relationship of the prince and princess of Wales, and the whole time... After the end of every episode, I would make little notes to Google, was this true, was that true, you know, to see what was going on. It's almost as if the crown spent three years building up the myth of Queen Elizabeth and the modern monarchy, only to take a hammer to the whole thing in season four, basically dispelling all these myths, uh, as as, uh, Diana really upset the popular perception of the royal family. And... I mean, Olivia Coleman is so good. We're not going to see her again. Everyone we see in season 4 they're done.
1: Okay. So
3: Lori- there's going to be a new Princess Diana, new Queen Elizabeth, new Prince Philip, new Charles everybody. Okay. And it just was so good and The Crown does not offer a version of events different from the largely accepted narrative of the Charles Diana catastrophe. He never loved her. She wanted desperately to be loved. He was jealous and petty because people loved her. Right. And she was captivating. And he never stopped seeing Camilla. And she eventually takes lovers of her own. And he, uh, um, Diana is just resistant to the old aristocratic arrangement of public marriage, private love affairs. She just did not want to to have that be her life. So right. um, he, it's, it's interesting. I guess yesterday when there was a report that the crown was smearing Diana, that was in reference to the fact that the crown acknowledges that
2: Rain Wilson, Amor Tulls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
3: I mean, when you watch it, you just think, my gosh, uh, P- Princess Diana was, it's almost physically painful to see how cruel the monarchy, the family, Charles and Camilla were to her you just i can't imagine how neglected and alone she felt in that marriage and she gave so much love to people and really and this is true the only one who really offered a smiling helping hand to her was prince philip because he too was outside sure. if you will and marrying in right. to someone who's the you know queen and she, her with the king so it's not wasting any time the crown and it just left me wanting so much
1: more. I'm so sad it's well, over. I know. I'm so glad I, I haven't rushed through that. Cause I have, I'm still, I'm rewatching the first one because I kind of watched it half asleep. Yeah. Um, so I've got so much to look forward to, but I'm curious when you did look up the um, facts after the um, mm-hmm. different episodes, did you find them to be true? Yes. Like for his 37th birthday, Princess
3: Diana surprised him and she did a performance to uptown girl at the London Opera House where they were at
1: yeah
3: as a present to him and he it was amazing you know just amazing she got a standing ovation the people loved it he was furious with her
0: because she would would,
3: would show him yeah that she would perform he's like you made it all be about you and I mean, it takes a lot of nerve because she was a dancer. She did ballet and right. modern dance. So that really happened. Everything with Thatcher. I mean, she's way worse than what she's portrayed in The Crown. She just did. Uh, there's a reason she's hated still to this day. Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. Okay. A- and... Um, yeah, there's just, there's so many things. You're just like a google Foo master watching this okay. show because you're wondering about, it. and I mean, of course, the artistic license uh, with the private conversations, absolutely, sure. but Princess Anne does say to her mom at one point in the uh, show, she just says, you and I both know how much Charles craves reassurance, attention, and praise. He's too self-centered to share the spotlight. So he hated how much the public loved her.
1: Hmm.
3: He was jealous.
1: Right. How horrible. What a horrible marriage to be in. What a horrible marriage
3: to be in. Yeah. And then Drew Barrymore um, showed a picture on her show. She met Princess Diana at the London premiere of E.T. And there's a picture of her giving an E.T. doll. And then Michael J. Fox was on Fallon last night. Do we have time to play that, Rocco?
2: Uh, where are we got? We only had forty-seven seconds here, so before music is we'll, going to come up,
3: we'll catch up with it later. Okay, but basically, he uh, sat next to her for the Back to the Future premiere, and he had to go to the bathroom so bad, and he couldn't get up and leave. So he's told Jimmy, basically, this should have been like one of the most exciting nights of my life, and, <laughs> and instead, it was a pee-holding nightmare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we can relate to that. I'm feeling that way right now since our show started. No, just <laughs> right. <kidding. laughs>
3: and and the BBC, you know, the fact that they're in- investigating Martin Bashir's interview that he did with Diana, yes. which she did a year after he did his interview. And don't forget Camilla Gate, the tapes that were leaked. She was going going to say what she said to Martin Bashir anyway. She was doing that interview in response to the interview Charles gave where he said he was wretchedly unhappy and blah, blah, blah. And she waited a year uh, to say, well, there were three people in this marriage, so it was a little hard to make it work. So I don't think, I think it's kind of a nothing burger, this BBC, but basically Martin Bashir
1: tricked her. It sounds like it. All right, yeah. well thank you. Um, all right, when we come back, we are talking to Minnesota's own author Wendy Webb, but in the meantime, Holly Watang we are absolutely delighted to have Wendy Webb with us. Um, Wendy Webb is a best-selling author. this she's just written her sixth novel and she's been dubbed the Queen of Northern Gothic by reviewers. and we consider you a friend. Hi, Wendy, how are you? Hi, ladies! It's so nice
0: to be back with you. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So, your sixth book, "The Haunting of Bren Wilder," is so good. Laurie and I both loved it.
0: Oh, um, thank you! It
1: was just so good. Um, why don't you let everyone know the setup of the book?
0: Okay. Um, my last book, "Daughters of the Lake," was set in a little town I called Wharton, which, fooling no one, is my version of Bayfield, Wisconsin. Yes, and I got that. For this book. <laughs> And I brought a character who's dealing with a devastating loss, and she goes to Wharton and stays in this funky little boarding house for the summer to try to kind of get her life back on track and get her groove back. And she gets a little bit more than she bargained for.
1: Oh, and then some.
0: It's, <laughs> it's so
1: good. It was really just so good. And, um, you know, um, we, did we have you on for the Tales of Halcyon Crane? Or yes. Crane. Oh, yeah. You've had me on. You guys are so
0: nice to me. Every you guys book have had I me think. on for every one of my books.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing. So, when did the first book come out?
0: Twenty ten. Wow, you've been on a roll. I've been. I've written seven book. I, I finished my seventh book just last week. So I've written seven books in ten years. Good for um, you. And I just started thinking about that. It's like, oh wow, okay,
1: <laughs> that happened. That's pretty amazing what what if um you know this book is quirky. I love the individual characters and all they're idiosyncrasies um <laughs> and i you know what is it about gothic that you know and hauntings and things like that that just makes you tick that that's a a sweet spot for you?
0: Well, I just love the idea that you can be just like walking down the street walking your dog or getting on the bus and have something otherworldly happen it's it's like a magical realism sort of feel to it so my books aren't you know way out there i think that the you know the hauntings and the um the spooky things that can happen i think they're believable you know i think Mm -hmm. people can kind of relate to a few things that go bump in the night and um and it's just a fun way to spend my time, frankly
1: <laughs> it's so good it's it's just this book was so good. The haunting of Bren Wilder, if you're just joining us. we're talking with Wendy Webb somewhere in the two one eight area code, so I'm thinking up north, are you in Duluth?
0: No, you know what? I used to live in Duluth. I live in South Minneapolis oh. now, and I was just too lazy to change my phone number <laughs> i totally
1: I totally get that okay, so did something happen to you when you were younger? that you were walking along and suddenly you heard a spirit or you felt something move?
0: Well, you know, my brother, Randy and I, he's since passed away and he and I, when we were kids used to love the paranormal, we would watch, you know, if you remember that show in search of,
1: yes, we would watch
0: that. And we just loved paranormal stuff. He loved Stephen King. And so that was something that was really kind of special between the two of us. And, um, when he passed away, I always thought, you know, if anybody's going to haunt me, (laughs) he is going to haunt me. And I've had some experiences since he passed away that have told me that he's still around. And that, um, really resonated with me and I just kind of started writing on the basis of that.
1: Oh, wow. And do you think
0: Wendy, some places are more haunted than others? Oh, my gosh. So the way I got the idea for this book, The Haunting of Bryn Wilder, um, they asked me to come and speak to the high school in Bayfield after Daughters of the Lake. So I did that, and afterwards I went and had lunch at a little place in Bayfield called Grunkies, which if any of your listeners know Bayfield, they know Grunkies. It used to be an old boarding house. And now it's a restaurant, and they rent rooms up on top. Yes, I've been there. And I was Mm -hmm. the only one in there, and I was sitting there with my computer, and the server just happened to recognize me. She said, oh, my gosh, you're Wendy Webb. You write these scary novels. Oh, well, you know what? This place is haunted. And the cook came out of the kitchen. He saunters out and goes, oh, my gosh, yeah. Every day I look up, and one of them's floating through the dining room. And I just went, really? And thought, you know what, I'm going to stay here. So just on the spur of the moment, I got a room for a couple of nights and heard all the stories about how haunted this place is. So, yeah, I think some places are haunting mm-hmm. more haunted than others. And that's the boarding house that is the uh, the setting for this book. Oh,
1: gosh. Luann's. Yes. Okay, right, so one mix. of the other things I really, I loved the love story.
0: Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, um, you know, a lot of this stuff in this book, and I've been getting a lot of reactions from people that have been different than the reactions I've gotten from my other books. Okay. And I think that's because a lot of the stuff that happened in this book really happened to me. Um, I lost my mom and I was her caregiver, um, for the last year of her life, um, you know, I had all this loss and kind of tragedy happen to me before I started writing this book. And I had a book deadline. I didn't know what I was going to write about. And I just started pouring all that stuff out. And one of the things that happened was I met someone who, during that really turbulent time, who really brought laughter back into my life. And so the main, the dominant character is based on him.
1: Oh, lovely.
3: And and did your mom have Alzheimer's? Because one of the characters in your book has Alzheimer's. And that was like some of the sweetest, most poignant, um, you know, story within the story, I thought. But is
0: that was that your mom? No, my mom died of cancer. But that whole Alzheimer's storyline really happened. My next door neighbors, a gay couple, took in the ex-wife she had early onset Alzheimer's and it was the most beautiful act of love. I think I've, I can't even talk about it without crying. Mm-hmm. She, it, they were going to put her in a nursing home, but she was like 64 years old oh. and still beautiful and still vibrant. And her former husband, they'd been divorced for 10 years plus, And he just said, no, she's not going into a nursing home. She's going to come and live with us. And she went and lived with the great love of her life for the last summer of her life, I was the next door neighbor and I got to know her very, very well. So that is um, the inspiration for that part of the storyline. All that really happened, you guys. It, wow. Oh, my gosh. It, That, that it, was just so sweet. I thought it was too. And especially, you know, the partner that he would oh, agree I- to take the ex-wife in and a lot of times she didn't know she wasn't still married to her former husband Mm -hmm. and she didn't know who this guy was who was living with them and he would come over and we would just have a bottle of wine and just laugh about it and he'd say you know what that's just what you do for family and i just my eyes were open to how big love is well you know how much room you really have in your heart for other people
1: Wendy, if you're just joining us, we're with Wendy Webb. Her new book is The Haunting of Bren Wilder. It's in trade paperback. It's so delicious. Um, you know, Wendy, in the back, where you have your um, your questions for people, you know, um, discussion questions, one of them is many different kinds of loves. love are explored in this book. Um, you know, what, and you, we're just talking about all these different types of love, you know, loving, you know, your former partner loving your partner, loving your falling in love, loving your mom and loss. It's it's so lovely. There
0: it, you, go. There's you know, that love and word. that's really what I wanted to write about with this book. And, you know, when I was writing it, sitting on my back deck, bawling most of the time. Oh. And my neighbors are looking over like, hey, are you okay there? Right. <laughs> but it, it really um, it really got to me. The... Depths of love that we can all have for each other. And there's romantic love in the book and friendship and, you know, the kindness of strangers. You know, all these people who take Brynn in and they don't know her, but they're so kind to her. And, um, and then this storyline with the, the gay married couple and the ex wife who has Alzheimer's. It's just, it's love all around. And people are saying, you know, they're really grateful to sit down and read that, especially right now. You 100%. Know?
1: I couldn't put it down. I was, like, so happy to have it to look forward to.
0: Oh, I'm you know, I'm always just so relieved, even at this stage. You know, it was number one on the Kindle bestseller list. So many people Yay. are really liking it. But I'm just relieved that people are enjoying these stories that I write pretty much in my pajamas You know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, just by myself, and the fact that it's resonating with people is really, really gratifying. Oh, that's Wendy. Did I read?
3: Did one of your books get option
0: for like a limited series? Yeah, yep. We're we're hammering out the details now, and um, which book? There, there even might be more to that. It might not just be the one. It might be um, several. And I, oh. I just kind of set it up un- unknowingly, but I've set three books in Wharton now, and the new one is also set there, and um, and that's being kind of attractive to people. So we might see this on the silver, sc- not on the silver screen, but on the little screen. Oh, it would be. Um,
1: oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> they're so good. Okay, <laughs> was, so it's so, really so,
0: exciting. Oh, so and I didn't have anything to do with that. It just kind of fell in my lap. And um, it's been really fun. I wrote the screenplay oh um, for the, the first episode. And I'd never done that before. And the producer said, hey, do you want to take a crack at the screenplay? And I said, sure, not <laughs> having any idea how yeah. to write a screenplay.
2: Pretty sure that's JLo And P.S., the person behind all of this
0: is Chris Jenner,
2: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday
0: so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Learned in a hurry.
1: <laughs> that's super cool. Um, we are running out of time with you, honey. We have to ask you something. First of all, sorry for the loss of your mother. Oh, thank you. Um, I think that's happened since we last talked to you. Um, yeah. The book is just amazing. The Haunting of Bren Wilder. Um, can you tell us the last great book you read?
0: The last great book I read was All the Devils Are Here by Louise Penny. I just It's her new one. I love her. She sets her stories in this little town in Montreal, but, um, this one is set in Paris, and it's with the same characters, and it's a mystery, and I lost myself in that thing. It oh, was awesome.
1: Fantastic. All the devils are here. All right. Thank you so much. And we Thanks, just Wendy. keep us posted on everything. We love reading your books. People are going to love, love, love The Haunting of Brenwilder by Wendy Webb. And we've got a couple copies to give away if you haven't won anything in a while. 651-641-1071. Give us a buzz. And, Wendy, be keep in touch. I will. I love you guys. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, Thank you. All right. We're going to be right back. Holy Toledo's craziness is happening in Salt Lake City. We're going to tell you (laughs) all about it. All right. The books are gone. Thanks for everybody for calling in. The great book to read this weekend is The Haunting of Bryn Wilder by Wendy Webb. You're going to love it. Um, Now, back to the craziness of Salt Lake City, Lori. Oh my God, since last week's majestic
3: premiere, there's been so much to think about. These are the real housewives.
1: Yeah, the real housewives of Salt Lake City.
3: Yeah, the grandpa husbands, the meaning of self made, how the girls are washing all that eye makeup and eyelash off, hospital smell. And it came roaring back with the second episode. And good Lord, I love it.
1: Okay. So Rocco, you would die. These women. What I loved is when they tried to when they were going skiing together, skiing. and and how the truth came out. Like it reminded me of you so bad because about half what? half of the group could ski and has lived in Salt Lake their whole life, and the other half are, are. It is all about the outfit. It has nothing to do with what happens once you get on that ski hill. It's how you look. And I yeah. thought about our first time skiing when Lori, you look so good, and I look like a. You couldn't tell if I was a man or a woman character. Pat, we used to call it on Saturday Night Live. And then Mm -hmm. we went down the hill, and you just looked so good. And I'm like, wow. Shush, shush.
3: Right. (laughs) Listen, it is very important, the skiing, especially when you're not a good skier, then you really want to have a good outfit. that's,
1: That's basically what came out of this last night, too. But, I mean, honest to Pete, I really, really like Salt Lake.
3: I think just because it's different, we've yeah. got some people with some real money, we've got some catty catty people. I I haven't really locked in on all of their names yet. No. Mary is the one who's married to the grandpa husband who wears some real bad wigs and some uh name brand clothes. Chanel, yeah, Louis Vuitton. And she's got um, a nice
1: mustache.
3: Uh, Julia, I was wondering about that. <laughs> Uh, it's very surprising (laughs) i know i know
1: i'm like where what's with the mustache people
3: and then oh whitney the gal who she's kind of was talking around apparently in her family at some point there was a polygamous marriage and i guess i didn't know this about salt lake city but it has a swinger reputation so i want more of that to come out but when her dad came into the house the self-made millionaire uh, owner of the hair salon with the dyed jet black yeah hair who did he remind you of he reminded me of like uh you know an an older homely beetle (laughs) because of the haircut (laughs) (laughs) and it was dyed jet black oh it was unbelievable right yeah, and he he lost all his money. Um, pain. He got addicted to pain pills. Yeah. So they're being real open about that. But the one I don't like, and she's giving me Danielle uh, Stab vibes, is that one. I think it's Lisa, um, the one who had dinner with her husband and pretended she didn't know the other lady, and owns the whiskey or the tequila oh, company. Oh yeah, she's a piece I don't of like her.
1: That. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I think this show, if people are looking for something fun and, um, and different, I, I think it's fun. Yeah, and then that
3: one, the lady, Jen, I'm looking her up. She's the one that seems she had the party last week. Oh, yeah. and She's the one who has so much spackled eye makeup on. It yeah. looks like she wears three eyelashes, three pairs of eyelashes on top of each other. She is something else.
1: She is did you?
3: Yeah, they need to wear name tags. I don't, I can't, I don't
1: know who they are unless I look them up. Well, <laughs> they're, we're going to get used to them. Yeah, oh no, I'm in. But I like, I fascinated with the Mormon part of it and more the history on the church and what's happened in their lives as a result and how they were raised. I think it is, it's completely different than a housewife situation that we've ever seen before. Well, the one, the lady with the real manly features, yeah, the blonde, Heather. whatever her, Heather.
3: she, Heather? Mm-hmm. She was on Watch What Happens Live I saw and her. apparently this show is causing quite a hullabaloo in Salt Lake City, which is kind of a small town. Yeah. And um and there the Salt Lake Cityans are not having it. They're not happy about this show.
1: No, it's it's exposing a lot of things, I think. But what does it really expose? Nothing. I mean it, it they're, I don't they're know. just who knows?
3: Yeah, who knows? But she did confirm that it was um you know, causing a a stir.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I thought as it were. I thought what was interesting today is um, Allure magazine. Their December issue came out, and inside the magazine there was an article by both G- Garcelle. How do you say her last name? Bouvet from yeah, Bouvet Beverly Hills, from Beverly Hills Housewives, and Carol Radswell, a former New York housewife, and kind of they're talking about how the glam has just become such a big deal. I thought Carol kind of talked about when she first started on the housewives, you know, she had already been a famous, you know, she's a writer and she interviewed celebrities. ABC journalist. Yeah. And she had a column in glamor magazine and she said, you know, every week I'd interview a celebrity. We, I take them to lunch. We'd take a picture and we'd go away. And she never even thought of having a glam squad and how, over the years being on the New York Housewives, with the advent, really, the big one was Instagram. Mm-hmm. How that made everyone up their glam game so much. And there was apparently, when Tinsley Mortimer joined the cast and they flew to Cartagena. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, in 2018, all hell broke loose because they called it Glam Gate, Because Tinsley brought her own glam crew. Not to be shared with anybody else. Oh, that's and, mean. And it says all hell and they said it provided a ton of drama, but none of it ever aired
3: because Bravo was not happy. I don't think with the, with her bringing her. They they want the women to look glamorous, and they pay for makeup artists to do the confessional glamour yep, yep. things. But uh, apparently, that was a bridge too far for Bravo. That's why they didn't show it.
1: Because it's interesting because Erica Girardi, Jane, would always bring her people. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I don't know. And here's here's know. the telling line at the end of it. Because Carol Radswell and Bethany were really good friends. Right. And then they had a breakup. And she said, here, um, today, if you strip away the flights, the drinking, the petty disagreements, the occasional road trips, what you have left are the outfits and the glam. When I cut my hair short in my last season, Bethany seized on it to say how my values had suddenly changed and all I cared about was the glam and the dresses. And, and she says, you know, we've seen haircuts get weaponized, fake lashes get normalized, the frenemies showing up, but the glam culture is so petty, it's here to stay.
3: Uh, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking glamorous right now, I can assure you. I might <laughs> put on a blue wig. Well, please do,
1: Laura. You should take a picture and send it to us. Do All right, I've got this. we got to go. We've got to go. We've got a lot of chances for people to win money, $100 each hour coming up. So. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at
0: harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.